What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and uh, today is what? It's late Monday, early Tuesday, um, September, we'll say September 17th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 416. Hope everybody is doing well. I know this is a little quicker turnaround, but um, had to get this podcast out there this week. Um, I found out last month the TVE took a big, big jump in numbers and uh, a lot of hits um, for the podcast, which I'm excited about. Also, um, I'm going to be uploading this at a different place soon, doing something different with all things comedy, and the new Verzi Effect logo is coming out. Also, uh, Jerry Farrar and I are all set to do our podcast in two weeks, and uh, your Patreon, the Patreon listeners will see the logo, the comic book logo, uh, first first peak never seen before um, super fans podcast that we're going to be doing um, from from Riotcast Studios. But guys, um, I'm doing something for the first time, uh, maybe ever since ever since I've been doing, um, you know, the podcast. Okay, and hold on, I have to close a door here. Give me one second here. Okay, I had to close the door to the to the noise from the heater. Anyway, doing something different here that I don't know if I've ever done on the podcast before. Um, normally, I have my my trusty uh, yellow legal pad, which I love to write all of my topics for the podcast, and uh, just something I've been doing for for a long time. You know, I'll have the bullet points. You know, a lot of times you guys know me. I riff, I talk, I go off the cuff, and it, nothing is ever scripted. But I'll have bullet points. I'll say, "Hey, talk about this movie. Talk about this this you know thing that's going on in sports. Talk about that." Today, I have not written anything, guys. I literally just had to look at what number of the show it was, which is, I guess, uh, this is episode 416. Um, And the reason being is because I know what I'm going to talk about, what I want to talk about on this episode. I don't know if this episode's going to come across as angry, funny, whatever, but there's there's a lot of stuff that that I do want to discuss and things that have come up this week that are just insane unacceptable, um, sad, gross, a lot of, a lot of shitty words (laughs) come to mind when I think about, um, what's happened this week and, and what's going on with, um, comedy, not all comedy though. And, and there also is, um, light at the end of the tunnel with this of, of how real comedians and people, real comedy people, um, are are defending um, what's going on. So I'm going to talk about uh, that, uh, and I'll talk about um, Albany. I was just in Albany, a great time in Albany. But let me just get right into um, what I'm talking about. Some of you people will not know, so I will tell you. Uh, a comedian, a peer, uh, somebody that I know, um, and all the comedians know, a uh, very funny comedian, Shane Gillis from Pennsylvania, who's been in New York now for a while, doing spots. Uh, he, me, and um, he and myself were on Bobby Kelly's podcast this year. Um, you know, see him out at the stand, see him out at places, and uh, know some of his friends from Philadelphia. He's from I don't know if it's Harrisburg, PA, or whatever, but he's from Pennsylvania. But he was in Philly doing stand up for a while and. 
gained some friends and all that. Anyway, long story short, uh, Shane got the Montreal Comedy Festival, which is a very big deal if you're a comedian coming up. Uh, for you people that don't know, you can look at it. Some people say it's like the NBA draft. Uh, I look at it like it's just like All-Star Weekend. It's like So it's like the NBA's All-Star Weekend. It's the best of the best, not only in America, because obviously not America because it's in Montreal, but it's really the best comedians um, across the world, literally across the world. The greatest comedians in the world, I mean no disrespect to any other festivals, but I think it's safe to say the greatest comedy festival in the world and the funniest people in the world gather at the Montreal Comedy Festival the um, you know the last half of July every year. I, I truly believe that statement. I've uh, I've been honored to be there um, and do monster shows there, the TV show, the gala, all the major things that I was able to do at the Montreal Comedy Festival is something that when I retire and I'm done and I can talk to my kids and grandkids, I'll talk about that I was at that festival because it's just the top of it's just the top of of the you know of of comedy. And Shane went there as a new face, which is like the best for, you know, the, the, the new guys that aren't really known. And you go there and you do a showcase, you get in front of people. Long story short, he killed. He got a Saturday Night Live audition. And last week, he was one of the three new cast members announced for Saturday Night Live's upcoming season, which is a dream. It's an amazing thing. Um, you know, some people say, oh, it's not what it once was. Fine. Nothing is what it once was. It's still Saturday Night Live going into its 45th season. Great stuff. And then all of a sudden, two days later, there is a video of Shane on a podcast joking around or saying a racial slur about Asian people. And he's just trying to be funny and he's talking about Chinatown. And one of these unhappy, unsuccessful, somebody that we never fucking heard of, goes, oh, Saturday Night Live casted these people. Oh, and this guy. Unbelievable comedy, whatever. And now there's an outrage and there's calling for his fucking head. And he's a racial guy. Meanwhile, from everything I know, he's just not. He's just a guy who's trying to be funny, you know. And, um, and long story short, yesterday, Saturday Night Live released him and fired him. And he doesn't even get a chance to do it. It's his dream job, and they went in, and they vetted, and they did whatever they did, and they made a statement, and the the, the, the kid who's been doing comedy, I guess, I don't know, 10 years, um, worked his way enough to the Montreal Comedy Festival, and then to get this Saturday Night Live audition, and then probably thinking, oh, I don't know if I'll ever get this, and then all of a sudden gets the call that he's a cast member, and then it got taken away because people, and they did this, they tried to do this to Trevor Noah. When Trevor Noah got The Daily Show on Comedy Central, they were like, oh, look what he tweeted. Um, that's why, again, man, shout out to Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, man. Kevin Hart's dream was to host the Oscars. And he got the gig. And then somebody saw a tweet he did 10 years prior about if his son said he was gay, he would throw a dollhouse at him. Total joke. And guys, listen, sometimes jokes fall flat. And sometimes jokes can come across as tasteless or not good. But as a comedian, that's what we do. And sometimes they fall flat, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work, but that's what we do. And the Academy says to Kevin Hart, the Academy says, Kevin, if you want to host the Oscars, 
Okay, uh, you just need to apologize. And Kevin said, I am a comedian. I tweeted that 10 years ago. It was a silly, stupid joke. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm sorry about it. Because if I say I'm sorry about it, that's not overall good for comedy. That's why, that, that's an amazing thing that he did. And um, I just got to say, like, I was thinking about it and, and, you know, thinking about it more and more. And you know what's amazing? All the amazing comedians, all the respected comedians came out to defend this guy. And again, guys, I don't even know where this podcast is going to go. I'll read the unacceptables. I have an unacceptable. I mean, this is as unacceptable as it gets, but I even have another one. I'll talk about Albany, how Albany was a shithole, but I had a great time. You know, I don't know where the show is going to go, okay? But I have to talk about this. And and I know, hopefully you guys, if you listen to this and you love the podcast, you're going to want to hear what I have to think about this because that's why you listen to my show. Um... I wrote something today on Twitter and I just started going at it because it's just been, I've just been thinking about it and it's just something. And I just wrote, um, I wrote on Twitter, I said, basically, isn't it, it's kind of nuts and, and, but a good thing is that I said, why is it that not one, not one great comedian or respected comedian is okay with the network firing somebody over their words on a podcast. And then I said, oh yeah, that's right. Now listen, I mean, listen, if you get on there and you start talking about how people should be killed and you sympathize with like, you know, Hitler and you're serious about shit like that, then I would get a network being like, whoa, whoa, maybe we fucked. But a comedian, I mean, there's definitely certain things you could say that could be a liability, which which obviously everybody understands that, Okay. Everybody understands that there are definitely things that can be said that are like, whoa, that's a little bit, okay? But when you're on a podcast and what people need to understand is sometimes you're drinking. You know, I've gone on YKWD, Bobby Kelly's podcast, had a red wine. But I still always watch what I say. I'm never going to say something stupid. But sometimes, you know, you try to be funny. You say something. You throw something in there. And you get, you know, you can get burned for it. And obviously, comedians need to be aware and smart of what they say. But... This guy's on there. He's talking about Chinatown. He's talking about the ducks in the window. He said a Chinese, you know, slur, whatever. You know, Saturday Night Live's had hosts go on there and talk about how pedophilia, it's not great, but it must feel good for people to love it that much. Remember when Louie did that? Yeah. And that was considered a good monologue. There, You know, there's been people on there that have, you know said things. There's been racial sketches on Saturday Night Live. So it just seems to me that, um, you know, this angry mob, that's what I would call this, an angry mob going after somebody that, you know, and, and, and a lot of people are hating on SNL. I actually, people are like, oh, nobody watches anyway. I actually like it sometimes because just because it's nostalgic for me, you know, when I was a little kid, me and my 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 brothers, my my me, my parents, we'd watch it. We would watch Saturday Night Live, and I have a couple of close people to me on the show, and um, people that I know. So if I'm home on a Saturday, or if I have like an eight o'clock gig on a Saturday, and it's local, and I'm home by eleven thirty from an eight o'clock gig, I'll put it on just to see what's going on, or maybe you catch that one good sketch. So I'm not gonna sit here and be like that, but I'm more upset about people. That are, and this is the other thing, they're unfunny. Everybody upset with this. Not one respected good comedian, because all the good respected comedians defended Shane. 
Norm MacDonald went on there going, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Rob Schneider said, as an SNL cast member myself back then, I'm so sorry this happened to you. You know, like this is 2019, man, there's fucking witch hunts out there for people doing good or trying to do something. Then people are going on there going, yeah, well, it's just white comedy now is just racist and stuff like generalizing and saying broad, ridiculous shit like that. Um, it's a really, really fucked up, scary thing. And I just put on Twitter today, I had to do another one. I had to say it again. But I said, bitter, unfunny, and unsuccessful people slash comedians are happy about this. It's because they bring nothing. They have nothing but jealousy and a lack of self-achievement. And then I put, still the best part is only the strong survive and the weak get exposed. And I got to tell you, people are, um, yeah, people are really liking it. And And it's unfortunate that you know, it's unfortunate that this is what's going on right now, but it really is funny to me how the only people talking about this are these, these shitty, bring your friends comedians in the back of fucking bars in Brooklyn or shitty rooms that nobody knows about whispering amongst themselves of like, how could he do that? I'm so glad Saturday Night Live fired him for saying a racial thing about Asian people. The guy's not malicious. I know Shane. He's a goofy, funny comic. He's funny. He's just a funny dude from Pennsylvania. He's, you know, he's he's good at stand-up. He's getting better. He had a great audition for Saturday Night Live, and he achieved something. And it got stripped from him less than a week later. And it's actually sickening. It's actually sickening. And I think about it. Now, listen, it's one thing. Listen, it's one thing to be envious. All of us in comedy, and everybody would be lying. What makes comedians better is you get competitive. You can see somebody and it's normal to see somebody and go, all right, well, you know, I wanted that job or, or I really want to get that. So I'm envious of that and all that stuff. That's normal. I remember seeing people that I thought I can compete with on TV and I'd call my manager and be like, what do we need to do? You know, I remember when I wanted to get a special and I was like, what do we need to do? That person has a special. I'm funny enough for a special. And, and that's all normal. That's like healthy. But this mentality of like, oh, well, this person said that, so they shouldn't get that job. That's when this becomes sick. That's when it becomes, it's, it's just a jealousy, fucked up, disgusting thing. And the fact that this kid is not going to have Saturday Night Live now because he was sitting up joking around with a buddy about Chinatown. And then people are going, no, but it wasn't a joke. The way he said it about Asians, he just said it like that. It wasn't a joke. You don't have to always have a set-up punchline for it to be a joke. You can just say something on a podcast that you want to see what the reaction is going to be because you think it might be funny to somebody. And it can be just one or two words. It doesn't have to be, oh, da-da-da, bing. Like, it doesn't have to do that. Like, set-up punch, you know, hit the drums. It doesn't have to be like that. Um, you know, so, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes jokes fall flat. Sometimes they could come across tasteless. Sometimes they could come across rude. I've been on stage and I've said something and all of a sudden you realize, whoa, maybe that came out the wrong way. But that, so does that mean you're going to tape that and I can't get a job after? It's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I just wanted to start the show off by saying that, um, it's awesome to see the amount of comedians that are respected and the good comedians in this country, um, that are really backing up somebody that they know is funny and know is a good dude and doesn't mean any malicious, 
you know, malice with the words that, that he said, you know, there's a big difference of somebody that's truly, I'm talking about it on my, in my new hour, you know, there's two types of like race, racial stuff, you know, there's real shit, real burning crosses and having meetings and not wanting people to progress because of who they are. And then there's stupid jokes and, and, and your parents at the dinner table saying stuff because nobody traveled and they've been in a bubble and, you know, it's just because of what they grew up with. But then when you see them interact with people, it's all love. I mean, there's a big difference there. So, um, yeah, so that that's, you know, that's how I look at it. And, and it's just a real sin that this, that this went down. But when you see who's doing it and you see who's, and I got to tell you something, man, CNN, the shit CNN did during the coverage of this is just so gross. And I love, I really, really love how there was actually a lot of, a lot of liberal democratic comedians who I thought were just going to use their politics and either stay quiet, but they actually went and said, CNN, what are you doing? You know, and that that's what I love. It's like, it's not the far, that's why the far left and the far right are so fucked up in this country, that they just stick with their side and their team, and no matter what, they just either stay quiet or, you know, but it was nice to see that people that are just like, no, I may be a Democrat or I may be a Republican, but that's right and that's wrong. That's what I like, you know, and, and, and it was nice to see people going at CNN and CNN just you know, especially online from what I saw on Twitter, just loved, loved seeing the takedown. Saturday Night Live, like the first Saturday Night Live reports, you know, uh, or Saturday Night Live fires, you know, new cast member for racial remarks or whatever like that. And then it's just, you know, it's just, uh, it just sucks. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just an angry mob of unfunny, bitter, shitty people. Nobody knows, nobody cares about, nobody's going to their shows, all the people, I never recognized any of their names, and uh, and they just saw somebody get something, and then think about how shitty your life is, and how jealous and how unachieved you are. If you see somebody get something, and then the first thing you do is go to find out what podcasts they were on, go to their tweets, and, and and just sift through all of that shit to find something. Think about that. There's people doing that. Like there's somebody going like, okay, this person got a job. I mean, it happened with Trevor Noah. He got hired from Jon Stewart to be the new, you know, host of The Daily Show. And they went back like three or four years and they saw something. It happened to another SNL cast member who actually survived it. But they were like, oh, look what this guy said. He did some joke. It's just crazy that this mob, they're waiting. They're actually sitting, they're like waiting in the wings. They're just waiting out there and they're waiting for somebody to jump on. They're waiting for somebody to achieve something that they don't have the ability, the talent, the fucking charisma, the personality. They just don't have it in them. They just don't. They're just not that person. Yet now they, because of the internet and technology and and everything that they have access to, they go and they look and it's really fucking sad. But I do believe that the strong survive and the weak get exposed and whatever's going to happen to you is going to happen to you. And one thing I learned is wherever you're supposed to be in this business, you're going to be. Okay, I'm looking at the guys above me. Do you know what I mean? There are people that have come up to me and be like, oh my God, dude, congratulations on all your success, Paul. I would love to be doing what you're doing. And that's very nice and that's great. But me, I'm looking at it like that's great, but I need to keep going because I'm looking up. 
because I'm looking up at 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 guys that are ahead of me. You know, I'm I'm looking up at those guys. I'm looking up at the guys that are, you know, guys that are ten years above me. You know, that have done it. I'm I'm looking up at Chappelle and Burr and Rogan. You know, even Bobby Kelly, guys like that that I, I grew up loving and think are funny. I'm looking up. I'm trying to climb up to there. I'm trying to get up to there. So that's what I'm thinking about. But if somebody gets something, I don't care. Good for you. Everybody's got their own path. It's normal to try to want to get go up and keep going up. But but I feel like I have the ability to get to where I need to get to, and I'm fine with that. These people, these people don't have the ability. These people, these people suck. These people suck. And you know what? All of their fucking bios online say writer, journalist. One guy, for Christ's sake, actually said this, and I had to go at him, and I'm sorry. I'm not going to mention names on here just because I won't do that to people. But, like, this is, I mean, I'm really, obviously, you guys know I'm upset about this because this is, this is my art. This is my love. This is what I, you know, this is what I dedicated my, my life to. And I, I know what it's like to, to fight and fight. You know, Shane got something really big 10 years in. And I'm still fighting and I'm fighting and everything that I did. I mean, I did my my album and my special and all these amazing things happening. But it's just a fight and you got to go through it. So when anybody tries to knock that down when you do achieve it, it really does suck. So, I, you know, I had to open the show like this. And hopefully it's interesting for you guys. But I just had, I, this is what I need to talk. Maybe this is my therapy. Okay, I'll either call this one Angry Mob or My Therapy, but I need to get this out, all right? Um, Yeah, one guy wrote, one guy wrote, and this is the most brutal thing ever. He wrote, I started covering SNL professionally in 2010, and I've had a strict rule. I never comment publicly about cast members, future employment status, because it doesn't seem fair. But Shane Gillis is now the exception, completely unacceptable and needs to be dismissed immediately. And I just replied to him, covering SNL professionally is one of the saddest things I've heard. God help our business. What the fuck is going on? And Norm MacDonald went at him and a bunch of other people went at him. Giannis, you know, check out Giannis Pappas's, you know, Twitter. He's going, but it's just... um, yeah, it's just what it is, and and it's just a sad, unbelievable... First of all, a guy's saying, I've covered SNL professionally. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, I watch talented people do something, and I report on it from behind a desk, you weakling. What are you doing? You know? Mark my words, if I get anything... But I could stand by... See, the nice thing about what I do, okay... It's the, it's the same way I told my wife before we started to get really serious. I said, I'm doing this. I'm doing comedy, okay? And I could be well off in my 30s and 40s or I could be broke in my 30s and 40s. I don't know what, but you need to talk to whoever it is the fuck you need to talk to and say that this is what I'm doing. And if you want to be with me, you're a beautiful girl. You be with whoever you want to be with. Do all that shit. This is what I'm doing. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And to this day, that conversation benefits me because I was upfront and honest and I can back it up. And it's the same with what I do on podcasts. Have I said stupid things on podcasts? Yeah, but I don't think anything, nothing, I've never, I mean, I from anything that I've said, unless, you know, I might have been, you know, not remembering, but if I get something or if something happens, somebody will go back and look at my, you know, look at my Twitter. And I'm fine. Go ahead. Go look at what I've said. I'll stand by what I said. I'm sure everything that I said is a joke. But the fact that there are people out there that if it was, oh, so-and-so gets this, then, oh, let's go back. 
oh well in 2011 he was on this podcast let's see what he says let's just so you and then they're going to dedicate hours how nuts is that who's got the time to dedicate hours of stand of of listening to a stand up comedian on a podcast hoping that's the other thing these people think about how think about how sad that is not only do they find out that somebody has a good job and now they got to go back and try to take them down, which is disgusting, disgraceful, and incredibly ridiculous as it is. But then they're going to take hours of their time hoping, hoping that they say something bad and then they can put it on social media to try to get that person fired. There have been little nerdy, weak fucking assholes who have been on the phone with each other going, yeah, so you do this, okay? I'll check his podcast from this year. You check his podcast from that year. I'll go to his tweets tonight and then we'll go meet at a coffee shop and see how we could take him down. Like the fact that that shit's going on, it's just fucking gross. All right, I'm done. Uh, I'm sorry to Shane Gillis. I reached out to him. Um, I know a ton of comedians have. And um, it's just... So I guess the best thing I could say is follow him. um, You know, support him. Go to his shows. Hopefully this actually turns out even better for him. Because everybody knows him now. People feel really bad about what happened. And uh, even though he's not going to be on Saturday Night Live, he earned the job. Which is great. So uh, I just wanted to start off... Start off the show talking about that because it's uh, it's a really sad, uh, sad, shitty thing. But again, the positive thing is everybody who's respected and really good and that matters in the business is defending him. All right, so there we go. I'm done. I said my piece. I'm sorry. That was 25 minutes of me uh, talking about that. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on. I want to thank everybody for, uh, and if you knew about the Shane thing, I'm sorry if I wasted your time, but many people that aren't in comedy did not know about that. So, um, I want to thank everybody or let's, let's get positive now. Let's talk about some good things going on. Not these assholes who are trying to take people down. Um, I had one of the best weekends of my standup career at Albany, um, at the funny bone. It was amazing. Um, the, Saturday night, I did an hour and 21 minutes. Uh, Friday night was great. Um, Just a lot of people came out. I want to thank all the fans. A lot of the fans came up to me afterwards saying that they listen to TVE every week and they really like it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, Something happened to me that really pissed me off. Sunday night, I was recording the set and I had all these add-on lines and extra things and everything was going amazing and I have the audio of it but the audio cut off at 20 minutes and I did over an hour and I literally drove home from Albany sick to my stomach. Just calling my wife, telling her how sick to my stomach. I got off stage and the host was like, oh my God, that might have been one of your best shows of the week and you added so much stuff. And I remember being on stage thinking to myself, oh my God, this hour just grew tonight because I'm going to add that to my dad's stuff. I'm going to add this to that. I'm going to, all of these things. And I, I mean, I kind of remember some things, but now I need to listen back to the hour and 20 minutes set on Saturday and hopes it sparks memory and stuff, but it was sickening and I don't know why it stopped. And I wanted to drive my phone through the fucking Apple store uh, and just be and and make somebody figure. I don't, I don't give a shit what you have to do, nerd. Figure it out and get the extra forty something minutes on here. Uh, so that was super frustrating, but um, such an amazing time, and I'm so happy that um, 
the hour is coming along the way that it's coming along. Um, there was an unacceptable, I will tell you guys, this is a great one though. I think you'll like it. Um, I wish, I'm sure if, if you were at the show, you wish you were at this one. This was, was it second show Saturday? Sec, late, yeah, late show Saturday. Um, the host or the middle gets off. And by the way, shout out to, uh, Steve Rinaldi who hosted and Pedro Gonzalez who middled, uh, everybody did a great job. It was a, it was a nice time and I'm, I'm ready to go on stage, and they say to me, just so you know, Paul, there's a woman who was driving me nuts. She's sitting in the very front row, and all she's doing is texting. That's it. That's all she's doing is texting. So I'm like, all right, well, I got I said, did anybody say anything? Nope, no comedian say anything. Okay. Well, you guys know me. I'm not dealing with that for a long time. So uh, I go on stage. Place is actually beautiful. Having a great time. Five minutes in, I'm just everybody's having a great time. And uh, sure enough, I look at this woman, and she's sitting there. She got her glasses on, and this woman is buried in her phone. I mean, she is buried in her phone, like she is in the middle of the most intense like video game. That's how she's looking at it. I mean, she is in the front row, three feet from me. Like, and the stage is a little high. My sneakers and feet were like three feet from her forehead. And she's just buried in her phone as if she's not at a comedy show. And she's sitting at a table with two people that aren't with her. So they just seat like that. So if it's a four top, two and two could be strangers. And she's alone and there's this couple awkwardly looking at at her. And then there's fans next to her really annoyed. And I say something, I'm in like three minutes in, and everybody's laughing, I got a really big laugh, and right after the laugh, I just stopped, and I go, ma'am, you're going to get off your fucking phone right now, okay, because I am not dealing with this shit, I said to her, I go, I'm already in a fucking mall in Albany right now, away from my family, if you think I'm going to deal with this, and the place is going nuts, and she just looks up at me, and I go, how rude are you? That you're going to sit in the front row. And you know, and I was just like, why are you here then? Why did you come? Did you come here? The whole thing. And then uh, then she, uh, she looks at me. And she like puts her arms out. And like gives me this blank look like she's the victim. And I just looked at her and I go, ma'am, do not play the victim with me. Okay? Don't play the victim. You're wrong. You're on the phone. Get off. And I just start imitating her, making fun of her. Just telling her, and I mean, it was so blatantly rude. And finally, the staff walks up to her, says something. She gets her bill, and I had her out of there. I did I did an hour and 21 minutes. I had her out of there within the first, you know, eight minutes. Not even, maybe seven, eight minutes I had her out. And it was just amazing. Just got her out, you know, and I said, you know, that, that's what you got to do. You got to cut the cancer out. You know, you got to cut the cancer out in the early stages before, you know, it gets bigger. And uh, she was gone. And uh, there's my unacceptable for the week. But guys, I don't even mean... It wasn't... Here's the thing. I will say this. She was distracting people around her. That's why she had to go. She wasn't fucking with me at all. But the way she was just looking at her phone... And then somebody said she was FaceTiming with her grandson. Um, I don't know if that's the case, but... She would have said, and if she would have said, oh, listen, I'm just FaceTime with my grandson or something like that, I said, okay, ma'am, look, 
That's fine. You want to FaceTime with your grandson? You want to FaceTime with your family? That's lovely. That's what FaceTime is for. Take your ass out of the showroom and go into the back of the fucking comedy club outside in the, in, you know, in the hallway. Do what you have to do and either come back and enjoy the show or just leave. Or just leave. It's as simple as that. So it was nice to get her out. And then um, I had a lot of fun crowd work moments. There was a lot of fun crowd work moments. Uh, lately, the crowd work has been has been really fun, and um, there was another guy, big, huge guy, arms crossed, tattoos, looking like he's unhappy, looking like he wants to fight somebody, and I just instantly got on stage and started going at this guy, and I was like, "Look at your arms crossed, like you want to fight me? Who the fuck comes to a comedy show like this?" And then I did, I leaned against the wall and I did an impression of him. And he starts blushing, and the whole place is laughing. And then within a minute, his arms were his arms were unfolded, and he was slapping the table laughing. And it was like so, you know. In that sense, it was really great. Uh, thank everybody who came out to the Albany uh, Funny Bone. It was a lot of fun. It's a shithole up there. I was glad to leave. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I saw some wild people up there. I saw some no teeth up there. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude here. Like you guys want me to tell you if your city's beautiful, I will. Albany's a shithole. It's just, it is what it is. I'm going to Syracuse in October. That place is a shithole. Um, it's just, it's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Uh, great crowds, great room. But, you know, you either go to your hotel and then you get in your car and you just get the fuck out of there. That's what it is. It's not, you know, you, nobody's going to look at beautiful Albany landmarks. I'm sorry. I just, you know, it was just not a, it didn't seem nice. Um, it, you know, half the crowd was super smart. I would say the other half of the crowd, you know, looked like, you know, just dumb idiots. If I could be, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm half kidding. No, there were definitely some people in there that you were like, holy shit, did you get out of jail last week? But that's fine. I mean, I, hey, they, they need to laugh too. Um, but I had a great time. So thank you guys for coming out and, um, let's just get a higher class of people in there next time, <laughs> next time. <laughs> Maybe a blogger will hear that and go, Oh my God, Paul Verzi talks about the crowd. That's if, if somebody doesn't look good, he's, he's dental shaming somebody, he's teeth shaming somebody. Oh my God, he's saying slurs against somebody with no teeth. How could we allow him to do comedy anymore? We need to get this to CNN. CNN needs to repeat how comedian Paul Verzi is making fun of audience members without teeth. What a monster. He doesn't deserve that job. Um, but it was a great time. And guys, guess what's next? You guys know what's next. New York City, everybody. Gotham Comedy Club. I'm so thrilled and encouraged to hear everybody's reaching out to me telling me that they're going. Uh, a ton of friends, a ton of family. I got friends of friends saying they're going. Um, people telling me they're already buying tickets online. I could tell you guys this right now. Go online and get the tickets now. Um, I'll plug that at the end. But if you're going to want to go to Gotham Comedy Club Friday the 27th, Saturday the 28th, get tickets now. Um, it's only four shows, only two nights. Uh, two shows a night, and uh, those four shows uh, tickets are going. So definitely uh, check that out. And let's see what you guys wrote in. I'm sure somebody wrote in something. Let's see. Uh, I mean, I did touch on the Shane thing a lot, so I don't know. But we will see if there's some unacceptables for you guys here. Um, let's see. All right, this says... Uh, 
Oh, no. Okay, no. No, there's other stuff. It's Somebody just was talking about PC culture stuff, but it was not. That's the thing, everybody. PC culture. Oh, man. Come to my show because there will be some things said. <laughs> there will be not. And that's the thing, like not on purpose, just some things said. And um, I'm excited about it. The fact that somebody said Dave Chappelle's special is one to miss is all you need to know about the state of these online sites and bloggers and so-called, you know, quote-unquote journalists, okay? Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr's last hour specials on Netflix are two of the greatest hours of stand-up comedy in history, period. That is just all there is to it. It's not me being biased because Bill is my mentor and one of my closest friends in the world. It has nothing to do with that. I've opened for Bill for all of his hours and I've I've opened for five of his hours and I've seen him grow and I know what he is. I've watched Carlin. I've watched Pryor, my hero, Eddie Murphy, all of these hours. Make no mistake, Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr's last two specials that are on, those two specials that are on Netflix right now are two of the best. And the fact that this like PC culture, cancel culture type shit is saying that um that you know it's one to miss just kind of lets you know, you know where things are where things are at. So, um I think I'm done. I'm done with Black Mirror. I watch Black Mirror on Netflix. I am literally disappointed every time. It's it's like, all right, it gets going and then you're like, all right, maybe this will be good and then it's disappointing. It's like bad sex. It's just, it's, it sucks. I watched the one White Bear. That one, I I was was talking to my older brother. My older brother's like, well, check out White Bear and check out Black Museum. And both of those I did like. But now I'm talking about, I might have seen, what, eight or nine Black Mirrors. And out of the eight or nine, two were good. One was okay. And six, six were disappointing. But that's six disappointing hours of content. Which means the show is just not that good. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. Um, I want. It's not Twilight Zone. It was just whatever. There was a couple of you know the 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 Black Museum was crazy, and so was and and the the White Bear was okay, but not not super like, you know. I want listen. If I watch something with a twist, I want it to blow my dick off. I just want to be like, holy shit, what just happened? Um, and that that is definitely not the case with it at all. All right. So let's see what else is, uh, yep. Every time everybody's just sending me something, everybody's just sending me something about the SNL thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame. What are you going to do? And then they're showing all the stuff that, uh, SNL did with Asian sketches. It's just the whole thing. Does anybody win? Nobody wins because the guy who gets the job taken from him, he feels bad. I'm sure in a sense some people at SNL feel bad. The only people that don't feel bad are the people that are excited that they took him down. All right. Uh, What can I say? The New York Giants stink, guys. The New York Giants absolutely stink. They're 0-2. It's kind of funny, though, how the Jets are 0-2 when this was supposed to be their year and they stink again. I mean, it's always funny. I mean, it is funny with the Jets. Look, you could say it's funny with my Knicks, but it is funny with the Mets and Jets and these teams that just always suck. And um, 
Yankees are flying. I'm going to the Yankee game tonight. I'm excited about that. And me, Ari Shafir. Uh, who else? Me, Ari Shafir, Giannis Papas, and I don't know who the other person is, but we're going to the Yankee game tonight. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, that's the one team that you're like, all right, this could happen. I am annoyed that uh, Odell... Odell cut his hair, looks normal, and then, you know, got a touchdown yesterday. I actually, no, I'm not. I mean, I, I never really didn't. I'm glad the guy's gone just because of his, you know, his attitude. But, you know, it sucks when you lose a guy and then he's, like, making these ca- – and I knew he was going to come in and kill it. But it's like, why couldn't he just keep his mouth shut with us? But nothing really other than in sports other than my Giants suck, Knicks suck, Yankees are going to be good. Hopefully they win the World Series. And um, Black Mira sucks. And what else? Um, that's it. That's it for sports and movies. There's nothing else. I have not seen uh, anything else. So uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about on, the, on this podcast, which um, happened in Albany, is one night after one of the shows, and this was really ridiculous, um, one night after the shows, I was just like, I was, you know, I was tired, but it was like, I think it was after the second show Saturday. Um, by the way, thank you so much to the fan who brought out, brought me a bag of cigars that were like top, top notch. There was like eight cigars in there and each cigar was worth like 20 or $30. Uh, it was, you know, it was hundreds of dollars of cigars in this bag and, and the lighter and the cutter. And they even had the the pouch to keep the, the, like the humidor. It was just amazing. So thank you so much for that. Um, smoked a couple so good. And, um, I just said, they were like, what do you want to do, Paul? I'm like, look, you know me, like, what do I, what do I do besides I'm either going to go to my hotel room, watch sports center and go to sleep, or I'd like to go to a cigar lounge and, and get a glass of red wine and smoke a cigar. Like that's what I do. You know what I mean? If I'm away from my family, I'm just going to either smoke a cigar, have a glass of wine or go to my hotel. That's, that's it. So they were like, I was like, is there a place to smoke? So all the cigar lounges in Albany at the time were, um, were closed or like going to close soon. So Steve, who was hosting goes, oh, there's a place called Junior's Bar and Grill. You could smoke outside and uh, whatever. So the light drizzle stopped and we go there and we light the cigars and we order wine. And this manager lady comes out and she just goes, and we're only there for five, 10 minutes smoking. We see two guys that are at a table, been smoking the whole time. And we were on this nice little patio under this awning. And the lady goes, yeah, guys, sorry. You just, you can't smoke here. You got to be like on the sidewalk or whatever. And the two guys that were smoking looked at us like, oh, we weren't told that. But I'm like, okay, whatever, no problem. And we just like literally were processing what she said about 15 seconds. We put it down and we're like, all right, maybe we'll just go stand over there and have our wine. We could reach over to grab our wine. And without a minute going by, not even, I'm guys, I'm not even joking around. I'm not trying to exaggerate. Maybe 20 seconds. She just looks at us and goes, I'm serious. I'm serious. You got to go. And we're like, okay, all right. So she's like the new manager or new GM and we're kind of fuming and we're kind of pissed off about it. Um, and oh shit, I shouldn't have said the name of the place. Cause well, actually if I say other names, nobody's going to, nobody's going to know. So that's fine. Um, I'm not saying people's names. I think it was juniors. <laughs> um, and we finish our wine and we're just kind of smoking right on the sidewalk by the patio. 
and nobody's bothering us. And then um, we kind of finish and we're just like, let's just get another glass of wine and then we will, you know, leave and either finish the cigars at the hotel or whatever. And I'm still pissed off. And I walked up to the bar and I saw a bartender. There were multiple. And I go, look, I got to be honest with you. I go, you know, we want to stay here and order more wine. We ordered four red wines and they were good wines. So we're spending money. Okay, and obviously, if we're all going to buy a nice glass of red wine, we're probably going to buy another. So we're going to keep buying wine from you, and it's not cheap. So, you know, to treat people like, you know, that, you know, the way that that manager talked to us, and they were like, what'd she say? What'd she say? I go, well, you know, she went up, and she said, you can't smoke, and we totally respected it, and like not even 10 10 seconds go by, and she goes, I'm serious, and like rushed us off and was super rude. Okay, as a manager, you go up and you go, guys, so sorry. Listen, I know we're outside, but, you know, the law says that we can't. So if you could just take it over there, I really appreciate it. Like, there's a way to talk about it. Not like, I'm serious. Like, she just sucked. It was beyond unacceptable, right? And then they took our our glasses. There were four of us. We had four big wine glasses. They opened a bottle and they poured almost the whole glass like huge glasses of red wine for us and didn't charge us and they were like so sorry like yeah it sucks and then we look outside and sure enough the manager lady was smoking out there she was kind of on the sidewalk but like leaned over on the porch and it was just such a bad look even the employees inside were going yeah that's just not good nothing about that is good And it was like, okay, it's not us. She sucks. The other employees know she sucks. And she was just super rude. So um, to that lady or anybody that knows her, that was a really shitty thing. And uh, the next time I'm in Albany or people that I'm with are in Albany, you definitely lost business because of that woman. And to the bartenders and the people that were cool, I will reach out to me because, uh, and I told you guys that night, I will take care of you at my next show, but that just sucked. And those people suck. Uh, and that woman sucked. Um, all right, guys, I know this podcast didn't get funny. I know that. I know that this podcast was me more talking and doing commentary on something that was, that, that hit the comedy community, but sometimes that's what it is. Uh, that's just, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You know, my dog didn't do anything funny. Um, you know, my cat didn't, well, my cat's doing stuff that's making my wife not happy, like pissing in the house because he's got diabetes and stuff like that. But, you know, that's really not funny. So it was just nothing really funny. It was just great shows and some dickhead people this week. That's all it was, you know, funny stuff and assholes. And, uh, they need to be called, they need to be called out. But I assure you, I assure you, if you come out to... Gotham Comedy Club on the 27th and 28th, um, you will have a good time. You will have a good time. Check out the new hour. It's getting rave reviews, and I'm really excited about it. I'm happy about it, and I'm my own worst critic. So come out. Enjoy it. It is literally um, like 100% new from my special, I'll say this. So you will see it completely... My special came out on Comedy Central November 2nd. It is not even November yet, and it I have a completely different hour. Um, I know my hour came out a little later after we shot it, but come out. You'll enjoy it. Go get tickets now at GothamComedyClub.com. Support Shane Gillis. 
Um, and for other dates coming up, you can go to paulverzi.com, my website. And uh, yes, there'll be the, the Patreon will have the new logo and uh, talk about some other things there. So um, there you go. This has been TVE 416. I will talk to you guys soon.